Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Join us in the pristine beauty of our forever. We watched the Twilight Saga, (laughs) Breaking Dawn, part one and part two. (laughs) The pristine beauty of our forever. I I don't even remember if those are the exact words, but I'm pretty sure that was the gist of it. (laughs) It was honestly close enough if it wasn't. Yeah. You could have fooled me. You know what? I'm not going to go back and rewatch it to make sure, so we're just going to have to go with it. I remember when I said that. (laughs) <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> you know, it's funny is I remember when Parker watched it and he was talking about it on here, and it was one of the few times I was actually listening. And uh, I'm pretty sure he said that like part one sucked, and I was just like, oh, no kidding. And he said that part two kind of fucks, and I was just like, that's probably not true. He's probably saying this to goad me into watching it, but uh, mission success, I did, <laughs> and uh, I think I could see where you're going with that. So, it's so good. Well, before we get into it, Parker, do we have any news? Join us in the pristine beauty of Hunter Biden's fat cock. (laughs) What an incredible week of news. Where once again, the liberal media is choosing to not show any information about Hunter Biden getting his giant boner sucked on while doing crack. Which he, it's what an incredible like, <laughs> For some reason that I can't figure out, Hunter's like really intent on fucking Jonas Six, everyone. Like, look how much crack I do with hookers underwater. I've never you know, known anyone who records themselves this much. It's insane. I, I honestly, like, I respect the commitment to the bit. It's like, I look at this guy, it's like. Alright, like, there's no way actual addicts are like you. You were, like, just, like, a super addict somehow. It's impressive. Exactly. He, he's starting to remind me of the guy from Spree. You know, like, he just won't stop filming himself. <laughs> like, even if you don't watch it, just the concept of, like, oh, what's this one? Oh, he's just drinking White Claws in a sensory deprivation chamber and then jacking off. <laughs> that man is living his best life on his parents' money, and also his parents are the president and first lady. What a legend. They're just wiring him like 20 grand so he can keep going down slides naked and doing fat, fat rails of crack off hookers. Mm-hmm. Man's got it figured out. Uh, speaking of figuring things out, this is a more personal note. I personally, as a person, watched the Clerks 3 trailer. And personally, if either of you assign me that... You're watching the Rebel Wilson goes back to high school movie. I'm just putting that out there right now. I will be goddamned. I will uh, be how, goddamned. How much of that do I have to have seen to have immunity? Because it was definitely on in my house at one point. Well, in that case, I'll just make you watch Clerks Three. <laughs> yeah. Mirror Force this bitch. My God, that uh, 
Ooh. It looks rough, man. I had avoided it. It was on my YouTube homepage. Started auto-playing, so I just let it happen. I'm man, glad, by the way, you get worse YouTube auto-recommendations than I do now. Nah, well, open yours up. No. <laughs> Let's have a quick test here. Dude, must we? I think I'm gonna load it up right now. You keep talking about the news. What if it was like a meta comedy about like Dante and Randall? They film a movie based on their exploits, so it's like they're the clerks, but they're old now, and they're filming clerks. That's crazy. That's so much fun. You love meta humor, right? You do you like no, self-referential meta humor in the viewers universe, Christopher? Forgot it was. I'm just glad Jason Mewes is getting work. <laughs> we'll get to we'll that. Get to him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to log it on Letterboxd and it didn't exist. I was like, yeah, checks out. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Dude, that's a great opportunity. You get to be the first review. You're going to get some likes that way. <laughs> One star. They didn't find him. <laughs> <laughs> How's that algorithm looking, buddy? What are we looking at here? It was kind of boring. Ugh. It was mostly just like Norm McDonald videos. But then again, I never get tired of his weekend updates. All right. I uh, guess we can move on to Jerks of the Week. Who would like to go first? Uh, oh, I'll go first. I was wondering. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. So I was, this is from last week at Trivia. Uh, my sister says to me, in front of God and everyone who was at Trivia, have you seen Nacho Libre? And my face sort of contorted. It's like, oh my god, she's been listening to the show and she's going to make me answer. Then she'll pass that information on. But before she does that, she had not been listening to the show. She's not giving a shit. She was just like, I think you would like Nacho Libre, she says in front of people that I hang out with. I, I drive 35 miles to go see these people once a week. One way. And uh, no, I haven't seen Nacho Libre. I'd prefer not to see it. But I also found it, apparently it's like by one of the guys who did um, Napoleon Dynamite. So, uh, you know how much I like Jack Black uh, being a fat luchador? That's probably really fun. It's probably very Catholic, too. So, I'll watch. Those that. are things that I used to describe you, yes. Yeah, that's, this is, uh, apparently that's my, anyway, anyway, then she got like mad at me, it was like, why are you getting so mad at me for saying that he was like Nacho Libre? <laughs> I was like, because he said it in public mostly. So. I love the idea that somebody could possibly consider that not offensive. Like, that rules. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Well, I got her back uh, because I'm going to say in public, she liked it. Oh, uh. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be I, a I lot know where funnier. your from. <laughs> it would be a lot funnier if she fucking hated it. She's like, oh, I think you would like this, though. <laughs> yeah, see, that seems yeah. more your level. No, she was trying to. She was trying to be genuine. She was trying to be like, "Oh, wouldn't my brother enjoy this nice little luchador movie?" <laughs> no. All right, who are your jerks of the week? I'm gonna hold on to mine until I do recently watched. Okay. Bro, I don't even have like a joke. Like, spent all winter being told, "Oh man, just you know, our power grids are just not made for the cold. It's fine. Once summer hits, we'll be okay." And now every day, I'm like. Is this the day we start a cycling power when it's triple digits for the eighth day in a row? This is not fun times down here. What are we but, doing? But think about all the butt coins you've mined. That is true. My brain will never be the same, but I'll be laughing all the way to the virtual bank. Mm -hmm. Getting all there that you go. slurp juice. I hope that virtual bank has air conditioning. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> man, it's it's not great. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, in that case, we can get to what we watched recently. First, a stranger enters. My dad watched a movie called News of the World. For everyone who has forgotten about this movie, which would be everyone, this is a Tom Hanks western that came out like either last year, two years ago, something like that. And his job is to go around the old west, uh, reading the newspaper to people, which uh, pretty Wait, it came sick- out that recently. Yeah, it, it was. Oh this is fairly God. recent. Yeah, like look it up. It was a. Uh, I think it was nominated for a couple Oscars or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, I think in the movie, which I haven't seen yet, uh, I think in the movie he, he comes across a young girl and uh, he has to help take care of her or something like that. And he's just like, but I'm just old Tom Hanks who reads the newspaper for money. I, I don't know nothing about taking care of no girls. And uh, I, I guess in the movie tells him, no, you have to do it anyway. Anyway, uh, he liked it, so we have another dad movie on our hands. Uh that could mean anything. Yeah, it could mean anything. <laughs> but uh, There's no telling what I that forgot. news is. Yeah, I completely forgot that movie existed. Right? Yeah, wow. everyone forgot about that. I remember seeing the trailer for like I think a couple times at the Alamo, and I was just like, yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, when you described that before we started, I was like, oh, that came out like 1994. Or some <laughs> shit I've never heard of. 2020, huh? <laughs> Oh, 2020. Damn, I was kind of hoping it'd be like 2021. I'd be like, maybe I can find like a fourth movie I liked from that year. <laughs> <laughs> it came out four weeks ago on Apple Plus. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it did. Like, a reference for that for everyone who's listening there. It was like that Twitter thing. It was just like, name your favorite movie for 1971, 81, 91, 01, 2011, 2021. I, I have to admit, I was a little surprised to find that for 2021, that was the hardest one to make a selection. I was like, wow, I guess it's just Dune. Like, it just yeah. has to be Dune. Yeah, it's because it's either that man. or it's like French Dispatch or Malignant. I was going through like because I I actually do keep a list of all the movies I like from there. I was like the Tina Turner documentary. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, there's not slim pickings there. Also, I didn't see the Spider Man movie, so I guess I'm out. But uh, anyway. Moving on to movies I watched. Uh, oh, here's another dad movie. I actually finally sat down and watched Hacksaw Ridge, uh, which is uh, certainly a dad movie, mostly because it's directed by Mel Gibson, who's never done anything wrong. Winking sound effect, which I don't have on voice uh, yet. He just loves his country a lot. Yeah, well, some countries. He's trying to keep it safe yeah. from, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh... Axel Ridge stars Andrew Garfield doing a special individual face for most of the movie. And uh, he doesn't want to kill people. Uh, I, I guess you guys probably like know the story of Axel Ridge. Uh, I, I did not know. Th- I knew that he, uh, th- there was like the tagline. It was like one of the bravest soldiers in the war never fired a single shot. I didn't know he physically was repulsed by the idea of actually touching a firearm. Uh, I was like, wow, okay, that's, you know, it's commitment to the bit. Fucking lib. Anyway, <laughs> I did not know that... Smashing him, pick up a gun and going, ew. Yeah. <laughs> no, he just, he, seriously, the only time he actually touches one, uh, I guess this is a spoiler, is towards the end of the movie, where he has to save Drill Sergeant Vince Vaughn. Which, uh... <laughs> now, I don't know if you guys That's knew a about choice. this. Yeah. Wow. Vince Vaughn is, uh, is in this movie. Now, I can go either way on Vince Vaughn. Sometimes I think he's he's just awful, but sometimes I think he's, like, surprisingly good. And in this movie, uh... 
just awful. Which is weird because I like the movie. And I when I saw Vince Vaughn was in, I was just like, he could probably do something. Whatever he's trying to do, it's not working. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to Arlie Ermy his way through this movie. But you're not him. And you shouldn't try to be him. And it's embarrassing when you try to do that. So there's like a whole like... The fucking like uh, a boot camp thing where he's doing it, and he's the only guy in the company who won't touch a gun. Turns out, part of boot camp is learning how to use a gun is a little bit important. So he could just say, "No, no, no, just put me with the uh, other medics." It's like, "No, you have to come on, you gotta use a gun." And he's like, "No, nah, I don't really feel like." It. Like, okay, we're gonna beat you senseless. So they have to do that. And so you, it might sound like I don't even like the movie. But I actually do, and where I really, where it turned around for me, or I guess at least really picked up, is when you actually see the titular Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, this sounds like a weird thing to say, considering how many fucking war movies I've seen, but for all the war movies I've seen, only three, including this one, have communicated effectively to me that war is terrifying. First was uh, Das Boot, which was scary for a different reason. Uh, it was a claustrophobic scene, and that really got me. Uh, the second was Come and See, that Soviet movie, which is sort of like a psychological horror. The third was Hacksaw Ridge. It was shot like a fucking horror movie. It was terrifying. As soon as I saw that, I was just like, no, nah, I just turned coward. You can go ahead and, like, uh, you know, dishonorable discharge. What the fuck do I care? I'm gonna live. Uh, it was just one of the most intense fucking scenes I've ever seen. Uh, it was kind of funny to read some reviews where people say, oh, well, he he says that violence is bad, and yet he shows violence in his movies. Oh, what, what about that? I'm like, <laughs> come on, guys. How do you not get this? <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's never fun to say, uh, hey, Mel Gibson's still really, really good at directing, but turns out that he is. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge is a good... Yeah, something you famously hate saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well yeah, I never take pride in that. <laughs> But yeah, uh, look, Hacksaw Ridge is actually good. Uh, I'm I'm very very happy that I got to see it. I do recommend it. Um, but it, also, it's kind of long, so you know, people might not be into it. That is the biggest reason I haven't watched it. Yeah. Yes. Every time I've like moused over it and seen that runtime, I was like, I could do something else instead. Yeah. Totally fair. I I, I can't force people to sit down and watch a long movie. I uh, oh god, this next one. All right, so I didn't. Hate crazy rich Asians, but uh, I I don't get the appeal. This is one of those movies that everyone's been beating down my doors like, oh, you gotta see Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, I don't know why people say that about me. Uh, they I people think I'm half Asian. <laughs> Big week for your brand. Yeah, I don't I don't quite get that. But uh, has your dad seen it? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Of <laughs> <I don't. laughs> well, where, where's Crazy Rich Gringos anyway? Uh, <laughs> fucking Crazy Rich Asians uh, finally Asian people have their own Sex in the City movie at last representation fucking matters so it, there, it, there is literally 100% chance if there were a real Asian Sex in the City that Ken Jeong would be in it somehow Well, he's a, some sort of like caddy city gay or something unfortunately like, oh, yeah, he I, is Mario Lopez that's that's a 1A to 1B well see that's the thing is like Ken Jeong is in this and he has like an Elvis style pompadour for some reason uh, boy does yeah, he he is in this movie for like more than he ought to be which is at all but the person who really is in this too much is Aquafina. Correct. Now, I, I 
You know, okay, so there's like a website called uh, bingeclock.com, and it's like you put in like TV shows, you'd be like, oh, if I wanted to watch all of The Sopranos, it'd take me like three and a half days, right? I wonder if there's like a website for that that's like, what if you could calculate all the screen time for each individual actor? You could sort of like add it up and see who's in it. Because I would bet dollars to donuts, Aquafina is in this movie more than the lead character. I genuinely believe that she won't leave the screen. She always has to be on the screen. What what is the Asian equivalent of skeeting and bopping? What, <laughs> uh, what was the what was the what was the one that uh, that Sarah Palin said about Obama that he was shucking and jiving? What's the Asian equivalent of that? That's what she's doing in this movie. It is very. Someone else good. has to answer. I can't say it and sound like this. It's, I'm sorry. It's, yeah, I was, I was gonna make you. Do We're it. never gonna get sponsors <laughs> yeah. this way. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was just. Dread and nothing she says is funny. She doesn't say a single funny thing in the entire movie. I will say that the caddy gay that they have in this movie was one of the better parts. I don't remember who he is. Uh, I don't remember his name, but he's actually pretty good. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is great. She's she's always good. She never turns into bad performance. Uh, the story itself is. Uh, I I I, sound, I feel like I I feel like Rich Evans here when I say. It was functional. I, I hit all its marks. I enjoyed it. You know, it's like that's that's it. That's all you can say. That was the the movie was basically competent. But uh, look, I'll take competent. Honestly, like I compared it to the Sex and the City movies, and while it does have most of those qualities, it's a lot better than those. Uh, I think one of the things that works really well in this movie's favor is that it's at least earnest and it's committing to the bit. Uh, the lead character has all this opulence around her, and yet she never seems to like that opulence more than she likes her uh, fiance. And I think, or boyfriend, I guess. And I think that's an important thing that they're really consistent with. That. And they also do a good job of talking about like uh, what it means to be an American Asian versus an Asian Asian. And I, that's something good. I think the most important thing that this movie does is it does, in fact, lay the groundwork for more Asian American stories to be told in Hollywood which leads to uh, everything everywhere all at once so I can't really hate this movie I just I do think it's a little overrated but mostly too much Aquafina I mean it's just way too much of her which is weird because like I didn't think I disliked her I, I think I saw her in a, was it um, <laughs> uh, Ocean's 8 or something like that and I actually kind of liked her in that and it, oh that does exist yeah, right? I, yeah I saw that at the Elmo actually <laughs> anyway like in, in this she is just awful. Now I know why people hate. Well, one of the reasons that people hate. Yeah, yeah. Although I gotta say, it is incredibly funny that we have someone who is famous solely because they are Asian and talk like a black person. Like that fucking rules. Yeah. I can't believe the celebrity algorithm spit that one. I'm out. I'm surprised it took that long. Honestly, that was gonna happen anyway. I'm uh, two for two last year on watching a Disney movie, and then her she would either appear or her voice appear, and it was real. Like, oh really? Oh god damn it! You tricked me. Well, was she in Ryan the Last Dragon or something? Uh-huh. Oh, and boy, let me tell you, she's the best friend in Shang-Chi, oh. a movie neither of you will ever watch, and oh. that's fine. Correct. It matter. And that, that's actually the biggest reason why. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> but also might be easily number one or number two of all of Phase 4 so far, and also inconsequential. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. What the fuck is Phase 4? Anyway, uh, I do have good news. Well. I have, hey, guys, good news. Finally, something went right. I got invited to the night classes. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! I'm what happy a good that. movie! I fucking love <laughs> the art of self-defense. Uh, so 
it's weird for me to say like how uh, how I want this. Okay, so for the art of self defense, it's tough for me to say that a movie is very very funny and yet I only laughed out loud once because it's weird that people say it's like oh it's not ha ha funny it's like a wry sort of funny like oh I'm stroking my chin you know like ah oh, I get your your humor sort of thing it's like no 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 it's funny I just don't laugh out loud a lot especially like watching a movie at home like you just don't laugh out loud as often I will say. Uh, I will tell you exactly where I laughed out loud. I was like, well, it, it looks like he was killed by a punch, but the punch came from a foot. Yeah, this movie does This movie does dark humor very, very well. I was extremely impressed by it. Like, also, the, the way that they talk in this... It's not monotone, but it's more like matter-of-fact would be the way to describe it. Uh, also, Immigrant Poots, uh, which I can say out loud without laughing, but do you guys Not know uh, her middle name? I've never even considered this. Oh, God. Parker, I would like you to look up her middle name and say her full name out loud on this podcast. That's not real. Fuck it is. No, it's real. Come on. Her I, name is not Gay Poots. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> when I was born. <laughs> showing that to showing that to Josh really uh, upped our friendship level a little bit. Uh, I gotta tell you, there was a. A part of the movie, so it does do dark humor very well, but there was a part that went a little too far for me, and I have to take the movie down a bit for this. When he starts eating on the mat, he's getting crumbs everywhere. I, st- I almost stood up out of my chair. <laughs> I, uh, I was just like, oh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> uh, speaking of sitting up out of my chair, dude, just to get back to Crazy Rich Asians real quick, there's a scene or there's a line in that movie that apparently it was like the mic drop moment of the movie. It was like, uh, but. I, I can't turn you into a man because I can't turn you into something that you're not or something something like that you know and all the girls is like their Yas Queen moment there was a scene that where I almost stood out of my chair because I was so outraged at something that someone said there was like one of their like rich party boyfriends on their party boat was just like so what does your girlfriend bring to, bring to the table small tits and I was like what the fuck is wrong with you the guy all, is about <laughs> ready to like throw his drink at the guy's face I, I, I got mad on this fictional character's behalf Anyway, <laughs> it's weird. Well, you know that's a good sign, right? If a movie can make me feel like uh, a real emotion there, then uh, that's got to do something. And then I watch Ford versus Ferrari. So how about oh hell yeah, dude! Defense? What a I week just, for you. Yeah, <laughs> just remembering that in <laughs> underground in the dojo, there's just a crematorium inside. It's such a good <laughs> bit. Yeah, <laughs> what a good fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I. I, I knew I recognized the, the, the sensei's uh, voice. And I was like, where do I know that voice? Oh my god, that guy's from fucking Face Off. That's Pollux Troy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. You know what's weird? is like I hadn't seen Immigrant Poots since, like, what was it? The really shitty remake. The, the really shitty remake of Black Christmas, I think. And uh, she's oh, really yeah. good in this. She, she really knocks it out of the park. I'm glad that she's in this. 
So, uh, yeah, Art of Self Defense is great. Everyone should watch that fucking movie. Anyway, Ford versus oh, sorry, Ford v Ferrari, uh, which that movie is too long. It is correct. <laughs> uh, I like that movie. I, I do like Ford v Ferrari. I will say that a lot of people were calling it uh, Nolan Light. I don't really, I don't really buy it. I don't think this is uh, very Nolan Light because it's missing a lot of the Nolan elements. Just because it has Christian Bale and it's long, it's not quite enough for me. I will say that it feels like Hans Zimmer light, especially uh, at the climax. I was like, this is just ripping off uh, Hans Zimmer. Maybe it was Hans Zimmer. I just wasn't paying attention. I don't know. Uh, I do like the story. The basic story is it's uh, the Le Mans 66 and uh, Ferrari's really good because they make fast cars. I don't know if you guys have heard. Uh, And Ford was just like, well, here's an idea. How about we got really popular if we make fast cars as well? Uh, There is a very insulting moment in the movie in which the... uh, the lead driver, Christian Bale, insults the Mustang, the only good car ever made, so naughty, naughty, star taken off. But uh, otherwise, look, the racing looks really good, and it that's the most fun part of the movie, and I, I actually care about all those racing scenes. Uh, the whole ending feels like it was shot wrong, like, uh, I won't spoil it, uh, Christian Bale's character uh, passes away after uh, the Le Mans 66 in a test driving accident and it's playing this music that feels like kind of wistful while he's doing it. You're like, wait, what the fuck are you do- what are you doing? Don't show this. What- or at least change the music or something. What are you doing? And then it gets to have uh, Matt Damon be really weepy over it and it just feels like that should have been on the cutting room floor. If that's the case, maybe it is a Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> because the next one I watched was Tenet. Oh, there you yeah. go. Uh, yeah, again, this is a very Chris Field week. Uh, I guess this completes my uh, Nolan watch movies. I, oh, I didn't see Insomnia, I guess, so whatever. Uh, Tenet is a movie that a lot of people have been asking for me to watch so I could explain it to them later. I guess I'm just uh, the oracle on the mount. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one who's capable of going to Wikipedia yeah. and reading the plot No, I'm, I'm the only one who knew to turn on subtitles for this, which... Uh, Look, I like Nolan. Yeah, big difference. Yeah, I, I, big yeah. difference. Look, I like Nolan. I'm a Nolan beard. I defend Nolan. I can't defend the audio mixing anymore. This is this is a very serious problem. Like, I knew into it, like, I need to have subtitles for this. Uh, it is very, very difficult to understand. It's a very, very big problem. Uh, which is a shame because I loved reading the story the entire time. I think that this is an interesting story. I think that the action is very impressive, especially... Once you know, like, all the work that they had to go to, to, like, shoot all this and make it, like, flip like this, and it all works together. It's very cohesive, and it's uh, just a bit too long. And it feels weird for me, the long movie guy, to say the Christopher Nolan movie was too long, because I didn't have a problem with, like, Interstellar, and that's longer than this. But, uh, yeah, this one was a bit too long. And the thing is, like, this is going to feel, like, hypocritical when I, or, or at least inconsistent when I talk about another movie that I watched, but this feels like a passion project for Nolan uh, and he's had other passion projects uh, Inception was another one and this feels like something he worked really really hard at he really cared about it. he wanted it to be just right and I come away looking at him going eh, eh yeah. better luck next time I guess uh, yeah Tenet did not do much for me uh, Parker have you seen Tenet yet? Not yet. I still have to watch Interstellar and then Tenet. I think well, I'm you don't have all to, done with him. You can get around. Yes, I do. 
Well, uh, yeah, Tenet, if you're going to watch it again, you're going to need subtitles. It's There's no shame with that. I always do, King. Yeah. I, I, I'm I weird. It's like I, I almost never... Yeah, I almost never want subtitles on unless it's uh, a, a non-French foreign movie. Like, I... I, yeah, I, I just kind of like. I watch I movies after midnight. I live on the third floor, so uh, oh, that's subtitles yeah. are always on. Yeah, I don't respect my uh, my other people who live here. So, as you shouldn't. Okay, so the next two sort of tie in with each other. Uh, Parker and I watched a movie called Mad God. Uh, Alex, have you heard of Mad God? I have no idea what this is. Okay, Mad God is a movie that was directed by Phil Tippett. Uh, Parker, before we get into it, I have uh, somebody I watched before in the text. Phil Tippett was one of, apparently, the great stop-motion animators uh, in Hollywood. Not just stop-motion, but also, like, practical effects, you know, models, and stuff like that. He was one of the legends of the business. Like, you know, as much as people like Ray Harryhausen, people are probably more familiar with Phil Tippett's work. Because he did stuff that was in Star Wars Episode Four, one of the good ones. Star Wars Episode Five, the other good one. He was the guy behind Ed 209 in RoboCop. Right? That's, that's him. Oh, wow. He did a whole bunch of these things, and uh, everyone was familiar with his work. This is like the guy to work with. Steven Spielberg, very famous director, maybe you've heard of him, was like, wow, that looks great. Come work on my new movie, Jurassic Park. And Phil Tippett's like, all right, great. I designed all these dinosaurs and everything. And Spielberg looks at us like, wow, that looks great. Hey, look at this computer. And uh, Phil Tippett saw all the CGI that they had been working on, and he uttered the immortal lines, which are in fact immortalized in the film, I've just become extinct. Now, that was uh, not exactly true, because Spielberg said, no, I want you to still work... I'm not doing the voice Spielberg said, I want you to work on the CGI and supervise the CGI. This led to the creation of one of the world's dumbest internet memes, where he is credited in the film as Dinosaur Supervisor, and people said, oh, you had one job, and the dinosaurs attacked people. Apparently Phil Tippett got, like, pissed off about that. (laughs) Which uh, leads me to believe that, uh, I don't know, he'd get... Weirdo. But in 1990, which is like two, three years before Jurassic Park came out, he started working on uh, Mad God, which was to be his own movie. What if he was unrestrained by other directors and he got to do his own thing? And it was all going to be practical effects, stop motion, stuff like that. And it was actually shown at the Alamo. I was like, all right, that sounds tight. Beforehand, I want to see another movie that he made. It's called Dragon Slayer. 1981, a real sword and sorcery sort of movie, which... I don't know if I usually go for it, but hey, what could possibly go wrong? Well, the lead character is played by Peter McNichol. (sighs) Now, look, nothing against Peter McNichol because I actually think he's a really good actor, but he is not right for the part. Even though he's young, he he doesn't look like the intrepid young hero who has to find the courage to believe in himself to defeat the dragon. He just, he looks like the nerd, you're right? He looks like the guy who gets burned by the dragon uh, and he he shouldn't be in this role. That's one of the biggest problems. I like the girl who's in it. The girl who's in it actually turns out a really good performance because she has to pretend to be a boy for about half the movie because the dragon has been picking off uh, female virgins in the uh, in the village and it's been uh, killing all them. So he has to find a way to defeat it. And he is not, by the way, a, a real warrior. He doesn't use a sword in the entire movie. He's actually a sorcerer. So he has to use magic. It is actually kind of interesting. Now, the dragon in this movie is almost universally regarded as the greatest dragon in cinematic history, which I didn't know what that meant. So I was like, okay, let's see how impressive this is. And it looks really fucking good. 
is it better for like all that praise but like for 1981 for him to turn in a dragon that looks like this you're like holy shit this was worth a watch like the movie itself is like yeah whatever watch it for the dragon now you might be wondering does this dragon have a name yes and parker's gonna read it out loud parker please google the oh, desk Par- parker yes. didn't know that no you have to do it <laughs> parker please pull up the uh like google what is the name of the dragon in Dragon Slayer. Or if you want, I could just like send it to you on Discord and you could just read it out loud. That might be easier. Okay, I'm going to do that. Reading. I've done in years. <laughs> I did not misspell this. I want you to say this out loud on the show. Oh no. Okay, let me tab back over. Uh. <laughs> I can say it. <laughs> Vermithrax pejorative? <laughs> yes. The, it is, is the name of the dragon is Vermithrax pejorative. <laughs> and they say it All repeatedly. Right. <laughs> it's a very, very silly name for a very, very cool dragon. Which they actually use like flamethrowers on this thing. Which, uh, pretty cool special effects. Especially for 1981, you gotta kind of go a little bit easy on it. But, uh, I'm finding my problem here because I won't scroll down to the cast just to read all the characters' names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ain't happening. I can't. That's fair. Yeah. That's 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 too much. Yeah. Ulrich of Kragenmore. Eat my whole <laughs> ass, dude. <laughs> Fuck you. You know, it's weird. It's like I love reading, or I prefer reading uh, sword and sorcery books. Like, yeah, hey, you know, this is kind of interesting. But like, usually seeing it in movies, I'm just like. Come on, this is lame. It turns out it's not that interesting to look yeah. at. Yeah, like oh, you'd wave your hands I, around. No, some CGI you know what I think it say. is? I think the biggest thing for me is I'm always just like, well, they probably smelled bad. You know, like their baths are probably like that's probably gross. Same. You know, and it just takes me out of it. Whereas I can watch sci-fi, and like they probably have super baths, and they probably smell really good. So that's all it takes. Horsrick, yeah. Cassiodorus's Chamberlain. Yes. What is Kragenmore, Chris? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's where they live. Uh, it looks like a fairly miserable experience. There's a lot of mud, um, and there's also a dragon, which probably fucks a lot of things up. It's, it's a decent story. Actually, I don't mind it. I think it's a pretty good movie, but it's mostly lifted up by that really good dragon named Vermithrax Pejorative. Anyway, I got to see Mad God at the, uh, at the Alamo, and Parker is going to tell us what it's about. The fuck he is! <laughs> Yeah, didn't didn't realize when I hit play like, oh yeah, there's not gonna be a single line of dialogue in this movie. Yeah, it's all just a stop motion nightmare of little dudes, little monkey dudes, people getting torn apart, a lot of disgusting ultra violence and shit, and giant balls, and people getting crushed. I don't know what the fuck this movie was. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. It, first of all, it was about eighty three minutes, so. Very, very watchable. All right, now oh, yeah, right, yeah. The middle felt like a solid hour and a half. First, uh, yeah, uh, first yeah. third and the last third are those are pretty strong. That middle, that yeah. There's a there's a brief there. moment where there's like some live action in there, and as soon as that happened, I was like, what? "No, you commit. What are you doing?" <laughs> that must have been like, <laughs> "Look, this is gonna take five more years, or yeah. I can just have this intern just yeah. put on this costume." See, that's the thing is like, if you tell me the guy's been working on something since 1990. I don't really care if it's bad or good. Like, I, I just want to see it, you know? I, I feel compelled yeah, like, the greatest effects guy in history spends 20 years working on a movie. And I'm going to watch it. It literally has a mental breakdown and has to be in... He has to be committed to the insane asylum. I'll watch a movie. 
Yeah, let's join yeah. a club. You know, it's weird. So I'm going to compare this to a movie that I'm pretty sure neither one of you has seen. Uh, it's just maybe for someone out there in the audience, maybe they've seen. There's a movie called Nine that I think came out in 2009, and it's got like this I can little. See like, it on my shelf from right here, but I've never watched it. Because of course, you just have like all these fucking movies that are just still. In the it was shop. like five dollars at Walmart just, one day. My yeah, fell off the, it like twenty times. Fell off the back. I was of like, the oh truck. yeah, no, that sounds cute. Watch it together, and then I didn't. Yeah, well, it's still in the shrink wrap. Anyway, I uh, it sure yeah. is. <laughs> so I I watched nine in theaters. I was like, wow, that was really nice, and no one else watched it. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Uh, it's got like the little sack boy creature and stuff. It, it feels fairly post-apocalyptic. I don't, like, I don't like describing the plot as post-apocalyptic. I don't know if the apocalypse really factors into this. I think it's more like dystopic future. Like, kind of like um, uh, Escape from New York sort of thing. And I do like, you know, dystopia sort of movies. But the one that's always, like, occupied a lot of headspace for me, like, uh, this is the dystopic future thing, is that fucking uh, the Dexter's Laboratory movie, where he goes forward in time <laughs> to fight all the different Mandarks and everything. That's really stuck in my mind, but uh, now Mad God is up there too because it also looks like a video game series that I have never played called Oddworld, uh, Abe's Odyssey, where you play like a cuck and you have to uh, <laughs> <laughs> look at him. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> yeah. no, he's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, the effects in this are stunning. It's just, I mean, as much as we talk about practical effects, like look at this. Hey, we're never, we're probably never going to see this again. Uh, but we will see Phil Tippett's work because he did all he did uh, a lot of the special effects in the Twilight movies. Yeah, so, uh, good for him. Keep getting them checks. Yeah, man. you don't have to put it out. Anyway, uh, Parker, would you like to say more about Mad God? I don't know what. To say. Yeah. it's hard to describe. It's yeah, truly difficult to describe a movie that uh, I was very very heavily considering watching under influences. But I correctly assumed, like, let me give this a dry run first. Which was the right call, because that could have gone very badly. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, who it is hard. It's one of those where there's a plot, kind of. You can tell sort of what's going on. And then you're like, wait, what does that mean? Yeah. And then you just kind of guess. And, you know, it's that doesn't really matter. This isn't yeah. about a narrative A to B to C. Yeah, I don't this know if about there's a... a world of weird little guys yeah and you know i love weird gross little dudes Mm-hmm. thank you by the way it's hot <laughs> absolutely i don't know if there's a plot like, in the because if i just describe scenes like you can read the wikipedia but like yeah i, I was reading it while watching it, i was like oh is that what just happened okay sick yeah <laughs> sure a, oh yeah this is a message about i but I also don't care. I'm just happy I got to see it. Also, it was really great watching it at the theater. Because, like, just the I'm idea so that jealous. you get to see something like this on the big screen is like... That, I think that there's something kind of special about that. It's, I, maybe that's the magic of movies. It's going to do something like that. Although, I think the best part of the entire night was when the, the credits started and the lights went up. And one guy in front of me turned to his compatriot and said, So, what'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> the most loaded question in history yeah <laughs> yeah like even the end of the movie it happens and i read the wikipedia i'm like it creates a new universe i'm like oh is that what is that what okay sure yeah that feels I like guess that's that's what happened when he crushed or something <laughs> when he crushed the baby monster and then turned it into a little yeah like diamonds or like something to it 
he to crush it in the diamonds and then threw the diamonds into a giant portal of fire and then there yeah. was a bunch of cosmic energy and colors and I think there were aliens in there. Like I don't fucking know. It doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't yeah. have to. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Yeah, whatever, you know. Uh if you want a cohesive storyline, watch Twilight. Twilight yeah. Breaking Dawn part yeah. 2. Well, Alex, what did you watch? Uh so I want to get to my jerk of the week here first okay. cuz uh uh, I, I do think that uh, it is important sometimes to practice forgiveness, which is why my jerk of the week is nobody. We're just going to go ahead and forgive everyone who did anything bad this week. I forgive you guys for uh, keeping me up right now, and I forgive the internet for not telling me that the beer nerd is married, <laughs> and I forgive John Carpenter for making vampires. Because, uh... Man, I haven't seen that, that one. Talk about a movie Swing and a miss. that does absolutely nothing for me. I saw the tagline, by the way. I saw the tagline was, from the master of horror, I'm like, okay, I'm in, comes a new breed of uh, of demon or beast or something like that, or a new breed of horror. I'm just like, okay, this is going to be something new and original. Vampires. I'm like, no, I've heard of those. those are, someone already did that. Yeah, it turns out several people have done movies that look and sound exactly like this. And I mean... When you turn on a John Carpenter movie, the two things you're expecting to get are, like, really good ambiance and sound design and, like, really cool practical effects. And this movie looks and sounds like shit. So. I enjoy the first 15, 20 minutes and then not the rest of it. Like, when, when it starts up and we're meeting the vampire hunting crew and there's that fucking, like, karaoke Robert Rodriguez southern twangy music playing over it, I'm just like, oh, no. Not no no John you don't do movies like this like I don't I don't want to see this and then oh uh, god you fucked up oh uh, it's it's okay I mean everybody gets everybody has the right to swing and a miss in life sometimes I, I feel it's like after they live you get a couple you know <laughs> yeah whatever yeah yeah exactly like you know that's if if anybody's getting a pass you know yeah. it's gonna be him but like yeah man that, that's kind of a bummer yeah. <laughs> I was like I hope this is watchable and it turns out it was not and I will never think about this movie again at least James Woods Although, the only thing I ever think about is that it's based on a book that's just called Vampires but with a dollar sign that's the funniest <laughs> thing about that movie <laughs> so alright cool. now I gotta see this <laughs> I wish I had called it that so much like which which fucking Baldwin brother is in this one is this Billy? Is Billy in this one oh. I haven't seen Daniel. it Daniel cool. Hachi machi. <laughs> well, whichever whichever fucking Baldwin it is, kind of looks exactly like Josh Peck, and that did a lot for me. But uh, you know, I just choose to imagine Josh Peck as like a Baldwin cousin or something. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah, when you realize like thirty minutes universe. in that Daniel Baldwin's going to be your third lead, <laughs> things get rough. <laughs> yeah, it's not great, but you know, it's, I guess it's important to try things and experiment in life forgiveness forgiveness that's the theme this week i'm uh i'm also gonna need to forgive myself because uh her and i had an argument the other day because like i wanted to go do something and she wanted to stay at home and i was like we never fucking go anywhere like can we please just do like literally anything which is how i ended up having to go see marcel the shell with shoes on tonight (laughs) Um, look so both of us were under the impression this was going to be like a kids movie, you know. It's rated like PG, right? That I is, thought it would be. A kids yeah, it's something that's like for children. Yeah. And it turns out that this is like a wholesome movie, which is like 
I don't know how else to describe it other than like it's for the brunch crowd. It's a movie that is essentially about having feelings. The central conflict of the movie is that the titular shell character is sad because his grandma is getting old. Oh, like, God. it's just to say that nothing happens coming. in this movie. Like, oh my God. Like, no. it's funny because, like, <laughs> no. Chris likes to take umbrage with the fact that I say movies don't have a plot. This movie actually doesn't have a plot. Like, the shell is sad because his grandma is old. And he's sad because he used to live with some other shells, but now they live somewhere else. But also, he's happy because, of course, this is a movie where the shell is aware that he is a viral video star on YouTube. And, like, is meta about the fact that this came from some stop-motion video that was on YouTube, like, ten years ago. Oh, was that the source? Um, Oh, yeah. I thought this is the kind of movie we need right now. I thought this was based on like a, like a children's book from like the seventies or something. Yeah, you would think, but uh, it turns out it's not, it's just like the the character is just like this quirky, awkward fellow who sometimes sees things in the world that are, you know, second nature for us, and comments on how weird they are, and and he has feelings, and uh, the- what I'm saying is. <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, between this and the two Twilight movies we watched, like, it's very, very apparent to me that there are just, like, some movies that are just made for stupid people. And if you're the kind of person that likes stupid people movies, that's fine. Like, I'm happy for you. But, like, goddamn. Like, I, I it was funny. Because, like, like, we we were both, like, looking at each other, like, why are people laughing at any of this? None of this is, like, funny or endearing. It's just, like, you have to be a fucking moron to like this. And you know what? That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Forgiveness. Well, I forgive you for being fucking stupid. Shout out to a couple of my school. friends who watched it and uh, really enjoyed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just remember there was a line in the trailer that made me uh, kind of check out. It was I think he was like watching 60 minutes. He says he likes watching 60 minutes because what was the host Andrea Mitchell or whatever is fearless or something. It was like yes. I, as soon as I heard that, I was just like, All right, I'm just not gonna watch this gonna be like yeah yeah neither of us had watched the trailer and i didn't want to watch minions so we watched this you were dressed and, up uh, <laughs> i it turns out i would have rather watched Minions. yeah i think you probably uh, would have had a way better time i think i'm sure that i would have because had i known it was a fucking movie for people that like ted lasso i wouldn't have turned it on ever <laughs> um you guys aren't gonna believe this but uh <laughs> I watched two different three-hour foreign movies this week. Um, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm only going to talk briefly about this first one because I think it is worthy of a longer conversation in the future when Chris watches it, as I'm sure he will and absolutely should. But uh, if you guys aren't familiar with RRR... Um, oh, yeah, I want to watch absolutely it. be on your radar. I really want to see this. so good. Yeah. Might be. In it it is. Yeah, uh, possibly, actually. Like, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think so. Yeah. Like, there's just there's a lot going on. Yeah. There's so much going on, but like in a good way. It's just it's a very, very dense but enjoyable movie. Like to the point that like, wait, we broke it up over two nights because it's that's three fair, hours yeah, yeah. and subtitled, yeah. and uh, I could have watched like. I, each of those nights could have been like its own standalone movie and I would have been happy because there's just so much going on. Like 
even like taking a pause in the middle of a movie which i normally hate doing like i didn't feel like i lost anything it's just it's it's very rewarding i i I uh I know I've made this comment before, um, but you know, all the people that I see out there that complain about it's like, why don't they make movies like The Mummy anymore? It's like they do, you're just not watching them. Like it's I don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's I would hesitate to call it an adventure movie because it is so much more than just an adventure movie. Uh it, it really straddles a bunch of genres in a good way. Uh this is a strong recommend for basically everyone and also it's on netflix now so almost all of you don't have an excuse um yeah definitely watch this one Mm -hmm. it's you will you might not have more fun watching a movie this year and that goes for everybody not just the two of you like it's a really good time uh the other one i watched um now you guys might remember Several months ago, I talked about a three-hour war movie that the Chinese made yeah. about the uh, the Battle of Chosin Reservoir from their side, and how it's one of the most insane movies I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, part of the reason it's insane is the fact that it is a three-hour war movie with a mid-credit scene that is setting up and teasing the battle for <laughs> the Battle of Lake Changjin Two, a sequel that is also three hours that came out about six months after the first one did and it is finally leaked on uh american torrent sites so i got to watch that and uh let me say i can't believe that this like i i can't believe that this movie wasn't like secretly funded by the cia or something because nothing has ever made american soldiers look more competent than this fucking chinese propaganda war movie about this battle that means so much to them apparently because uh they pretty much like like we'll see the heroes doing like a bunch of heroic stuff on screen and then like as like exposition dump they'll walk by a radio and it's like also five thousand troops were killed in the assault and like it turns out the entire thing is just like them losing but like or like like pyrrhically accomplishing like some objective like there are at least half a dozen characters in this movie who sacrificed themselves in heroic fashion for literally zero gain. Like, there's a guy that, that tries to do the thing where he slides the the like, the like backpack full of explosives underneath a tank, and, like, we see him start running towards the tank, and, like, you know, in slow-mo with the explosives, like, he's gonna have this big heroic moment, and the tank just shoots him and he disintegrates. And it's like, like, like so many characters in this movie get, like, hero deaths for doing nothing. It's uh it is a movie that again is like close to 3 hours and the whole time it's just our heroes all of these guys that we came to love from the first movie just getting their fucking asses beat by like artillery and planes and like everything you could think of and like they rack up a body count because they're the good guys but all of them die and none of them accomplish their objective and this is coming from their side and I don't understand why this exists in this form. Like, this is, like, the shittiest propaganda I've ever seen in my life. We gotta stay tuned <laughs> for the third entry. That makes it make all sense. I-, I actually watched the entire fucking credits, waiting to see if there was yet another mid credit scene. 
There was not. However, during the credits, they just started replaying all the banger action scenes from the first and second movie. So, uh, I really appreciated that. It's like, they understand what we're there for. Just show me the highlights over your names. This is totally cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure that very few, if any people listening, are interested in watching six hours of Chinese war propaganda, but, uh, Considering the amount of money and energy that was poured into this project, and the fact like this was like made and funded to celebrate like the hundredth anniversary of the founding of the Chinese Communist Party or something, so like they really give a shit about this. Like, it's really anthropologically interesting to watch, regardless. But like, also if you're somebody that's watched a lot of war movies, it's so jarring. It's so baffling because like you know so much of it is like rooted in the ideas of this other culture, just meshed with like. like generic 70s and 80s action movies that we've made um also i i realized having watched this and you know some other you know foreign films in my life that uh my calling in life is absolutely to be the white guy in uh in like you know asian made films like just one of the one of the random generic bad guys that just walks around in the background and yells like go 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 and bring the bring the warbirds and like all of the most call of duty dialogue you can imagine it's because that's every american character in this movie every once in a while i keep feeling Uh, like i can move over (laughs) i can move back to korea and just have a job being that guy oh yeah i can bring it back i i am i am nearly positive that that would be the most rewarding career path i could go on god there's there's so fucking many (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those guys start, if you start watching more Asian movies, the same guys turn up over and over again, and are just like, all right, it's the president from every single one of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some guy we found hanging around an expat bar. Yeah. Like, hey, well, Ed Harris is going to die sooner than later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy looks good in this suit. I, one of the things that, that really, really tickles me about this is, again, it is the sequel to another movie that just came out. And the big climactic like final battle of the first movie takes place during Christmas which we can tell because all the American soldiers are listening to jingle bells or as the the Chinese listening in on the radio refer to as like some sort of like like some propaganda classic from back home while they're all eating like this gourmet dinner when the Chinese are out starving this movie which again is a sequel and it takes place during further battles along that campaign is also set on Christmas somehow um, we can tell because there are just Christmas trees randomly strewn throughout the American camp. There's one guy who, like, has a little mini Christmas tree that he uses to, like, point to things on the big war map. And it's like, guys, I don't think you really get how Christmas works. This is, uh, <coughs> this is not, like, like we don't, we don't carry around little Christmas trees in our soldier encampments. But, uh, incredibly cool to see what the other side thinks sometimes. This is a strong recommend if you are the kind of person who thinks you might get something from this. Because it is also, like, this super schlocky, over-the-top action movie. It's... At some point, at some point, I'm sure Chris is going to end up watching these. And uh, I eagerly await that conversation. Because it is... These are fun. I like these. I hope they keep making them. (laughs) Although I don't know how much more they can... uh, they can mine from this one idea because they they seem to really care about like you know 
showing they are historically accurate in this movie. Like, the way that they'll list, like, events that are happening and statistics randomly in places that nobody would normally list a statistic while making a movie. Like, it's just, it's so strange. In both a good way and a bad way. So, like, yeah, these are a recommend for me at some point. But anyway. Um, I think that is all I have. So, Parker, what did you watch this week? Well, I wasn't going to mention this, but uh, you just brought up, you know, like, your goal in life is to be the American commander in some movies just yelling to go, go, go. Uh, Watching streaming garbage, as I usually do, I came across a show... That's literally just, you know, like all the VH1 like talking head shows that used to exist. It's like that, but for people just like playing home filmed paranormal activity stuff. <laughs> like someone will play a video of like ah, and then this locker door open and they just cuss to someone making a joke, and I'm like, this is <coughs> this is what I've been training my entire life for. So that's going on the vision board. <laughs> that's the goal for the future. Because, uh, I mean, you don't have to go to a school to be a cryptozoologist. You can just fucking print up a business card and you're there. Like, I feel like I'm going to make that happen. That's my five-year goal. But uh, I didn't have time to watch much this week. But I spent some quality time on my new favorite app, which is, of course, Discovery+. Plus. So here's Hell the yeah. thing about uh, Jack Osborne and Jason Mee's hunting Bigfoot. They do not, in fact, find Sasquatch out there in the woods. What the hell? They probably came close. Uh, you can tell very early on that this was filmed as like a season of a TV show, and they had 80 minutes of footage, so they just crammed it together and put it out as a movie. It's so fucking sad. When you hit play on a movie, and in the bottom right corner it says skip intro, uh, some wires have been crossed somewhere. <laughs> uh, not a good sign. <laughs> Uh, like we're like 30 minutes in and then Jason Mewes pops up to talk and then his little name comes up on the Chiron I'm like bro we are at the end of act one I know who this is so clearly they just had nothing with any of this um this is not good it's incredibly not good uh their banter gets old very quickly and it becomes very apparent they're not gonna find a fucking thing out there so it's the old, like, uh, let's, let's do some drone shots. People like uh, that, right? No. Did you hear that out there? No? Me All right, let's review the footage in the morning. Like, great. <laughs> Pause it multiple times. I was like, all right, we're 45 minutes in. Should we finish it? We watch for another what feels like an hour. Pause it. All right, 20 minutes in. I guess we'll finish this. And then it ends abruptly. They don't find anything. They're like, wow, that was so much fun. And, uh, yeah, thanks for nothing. But also, there was no way I was not going to watch it. Right, yeah. What I did watch, however, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is with great, great gusto that I announced uh, that Kesha's ghost hunting show has debuted. Oh, hell yes, dude. You guys. (laughs) (laughs) The look on my face when it said, new episodes every Friday, that they didn't just dump it all at once. Oh, my God. There are two episodes up now. Now, Chris, you're going to assume I'm fucking with you, but let me just tell you what episode one entails. Okay. Uh, Every week, she has a different celebrity friend come out with her. Mm -hmm. So episode one is uh, Pop Sensation Kesha and her close friend Whitney Cummings going to a haunted prison in Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I... 
Can we take a recording break so I can watch this? <laughs> it's so good, dude. She she carries around this really shitty, like, 20-year-old digital camera to make it look scarier. Like, you remember in the Blair Witch, like, they film half of it on, like, an actual film camera and then the other half on a handheld? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she'll just talk into that randomly for no reason to try and, like, build a mood. Uh, big fan of the demonologist they consult. And it's this big old fat middle-aged dude who looks like a cross between uh, Jeff Garland and Paul Giamatti. And he comes sauntering in, black jeans, black shirt, black hat, black tactical vest. Once yes. again, I'm pivoting my career options. <laughs> again, you don't need a degree for that. I can just show up in a 10-gallon hat looking like Jim Ross and be like, Yeah, so what you're going to want to do here is uh, if this light goes off, there's some seismic activity. I can do that. I can sell it. So if this doesn't take off in the next like year or two, uh, I'm going to pivot. So, all of her equipment is bedazzled. All of her flashlights, all of her My ghost God. trapping technology. <laughs> all of it's bedazzled. Um, Kesha shows up to the prison at night dressed um, in a long, long brown coat covered in tassels. Looking like a humongous asshole. <laughs> And Whitney Cummings um, tries to keep, communicate with the ghost and ask it if it's trans. Because, sure. Um, we have a great moment. We're about 30 minutes in. Uh, Kesha leaves and tells the producer uh, she doesn't want to interact with the dark spirits. Which is, of course, the premise <laughs> of this show. She's wearing a cowboy hat. She's like, no, I can't do it. It's too scary inside. And then they just leave. Like, wow, what a great experience. On to the next one. (laughs) One of the last things uh, my lovely girlfriend said to each other was like, do you think they're going to sing to these fucking ghosts at some point? Episode 2 starts, titled Songs for the Dead. (laughs) And if you're asking me, hey, Parker, does Kesha sing Amazing Grace to the ghosts? Yes. As a matter of oh fact, my God. <laughs> does she get a very lengthy lecture about the Trail of Tears? Yes. As a matter of fact, she does. Kesha sings a beautiful Native American song to fight the spirits while some guy who looks questionably of Native American descent, I'm not sure if they did their background research, just kind of hits on a drum and goes, oh, she just belts out a tune. And they're like, wow. That to the Do you feel the presence in here? It's really good. There's four more episodes coming. Uh, one of the titles does include the word Sasquatch. So big things coming. Oh, Discovery Plus God is the best $5 bless. I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> Keeping it forever. My fucking for you page is nothing but paranormal and Bigfoot shows. It's the best app in history. It's better than your YouTube, I guess. Oh, 100%. I'm going to open up right now on my phone and see what it recommends me. For you, Deadliest Catch, of course. Mm-hmm. UFO Witness, Epic Mysteries. Uh, something with a chimpanzee on the front. <laughs> <laughs> Rock my RV with Brett Michaels. Hang on a second. <laughs> Paranormal caught on camera. Ghost adventures, house calls, portals to hell. How many shows did Jack Osborne have haunting ghosts? Babe, get in Good here. Good for him. <laughs> Ghost adventures. Kindred spirits. 
expedition. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ken Jong spirits. Oh, <laughs> strange evidence, UFO witness, paranormal, declassified, All right. All right. haunted yeah. towns, right. Alaskan killer right. Bigfoot, so Twilight Not breaking down. What? <laughs> All right, I okay. <laughs> Apparently Discovery Plus is that better is than HBO Max. Eight episodes. I'm going to Alaska to haunt a squash. Oh. oh my god. Yeah, it's real good stuff. Did this, you watch it? This app has been getting a lot. No. This app has just been on in the background. It's like, we got work to do around the house. Just put on a ghost show. It doesn't good matter on. which yeah. one. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, folks. Let's get settled. <laughs> We have two powerful movies to get through. Well, uh, one of them is powerful. <laughs> the first one's... Uh, the first one... I, I, mean, I, I would argue the first one's pretty powerful. All right, well, but, uh, uh, let, me, let me look over my notes, because I... I, I, I rewatched oh the... God, uh, or I watched the uh, second seasons one. Just seasons and okay. dives. Okay. Christ, I'm sorry. Right. This, uh, 41. All right. Breaking Dawn Part 1. So, uh... Edward and Bella, who are the main characters of Twilight, uh, Edward is a vampire and Bella is a girl. Uh, they're going to get married because, uh, I don't know, as well. And they're getting ready for their wedding at the start of this movie, which right off the bat, you know your audience. You know, like, oh my god, I'm so ready for their wedding. It's going to be so beautiful. I remember, like, uh, I don't know, it was, it was like her dress or something like that. One of her friends is like, oh, look, we're going to have this for your wedding. And Bella straight up says, I don't know, I think it's a little much. Look, dude, that's that's not how... Like, I know this was written by a woman, but, like, no woman has ever said, I think that's a little much for her wedding day, you know? That's when girls get to go all out, you know? It's, like, a big thing for them, so... Right off the bat, no, but see, but see, Chris, she's a cool girl. She's just normal and down to earth and very chill. And we might cool, be talking so about different characters. She, you know, she want the... Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a flashback with uh, Edward who's talking about, uh, well, being a vampire is kind of difficult. To which I thought it was going to be like, yeah, we saw the other movies. You know, you got problems, <laughs> whatever. So instead, he goes. It's like, oh, back in time when I was a uh, when I used to kill people it's like yeah there are things you don't know about. I used to kill people and drink their blood and, and I think she was just like yeah cause you're a vampire it was like oh I didn't know you knew that the, it's just a scene where he's like he's in a movie theater <laughs> he's in a movie theater he's watching uh, Bride of Frankenstein so you know it takes place in 1935 I'm just like fuck I would rather be watching that I would I'm so sick of movies like look if you're gonna rip off a good movie basically I'm fine with it like if you're gonna rip off something, rip off something good. But don't show me a movie. Don't show me like a better movie I could be watching instead. <laughs> so he do that. But uh, Parker, what are the kinds of people that he kills? Do you remember? <laughs> he only kills the bad guys. <laughs> I think he says the people that I killed were molesters. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so I actually wrote he only kills the molesters. <laughs> <laughs> he says it was unforgivable. You, I'm just like, no, no, sure? no, no, no. Someone forgave you. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> what is, how do you uh, make that delineation? Are you just camping out outside like, oh, she's reaching yeah. in the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> now's my time is <laughs> I, I don't I don't know man I, I whatever either way she was just well, like well it's fine by me I guess you know you're not gonna do it anymore, can't right? can't he read minds so he's just killing people that think about molesting. does he wait does he have mind reading powers or is it just like some yes he can okay, read minds right, yeah, was, I'm pretty yeah, sure I, I, right Parker 
Yes. I, I thought it was only. I thought it was <laughs> I totally like because I think in the book he can, but in the movie I thought it was just like a couple of the female vampires. No, because like he he's got the whole thing about how he can read everybody's mind. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they kind of abandoned that at some point. Anyway, well, whatever. He uh, it's, weird. it's all in the background, just <laughs> waiting it's, for the it, second it might be relevant. It's, it's kind of like Unbreakable. He just knows when someone's going to be a bad guy. So anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, like spe- speaking of things that are just happening in the background. Uh, the Vampiric Council is here. Oh, yeah. Also, don't worry about <laughs> yeah, it until next yeah, movie. We'll get, yeah, we'll get to the... Or actually, the uh, mid-credits scene. <laughs> literally, literally just one scene of a just check it in yeah. here in Italy. Uh, they still exist. All right, moving yeah. on. So I want to talk about uh, Bill Tippett and his special effects. He's up in her room and uh, not going to have sex with her. And uh, his vampire buddies take him out for his vampire bachelor party. And I want to talk about the scene because it sounds weird to like, oh, the special effects in a Twilight movie suck. Like, yeah, you already know that. But it's just, it's 2011. Imagine seeing this in theaters, just the way that they whoosh up to the to the window. They bring him down. And once they're on the ground, they're given no direction. They're just like, yeah, act like a bunch of frat bros. And they're just like, yeah, and shoving each other. <laughs> then they just disappear from the screen. It is the hey, silliest, uh, shittiest thing. Hey, hey, yes. Chris, did it uh, did it also dawn on you that for Edward's bachelor party, he went out and ate a lot of food? I, well, I was drank just... so much blood. He, he drank so <laughs> many molesters' blood. He went to a smash tournament <laughs> to Gordon. <Gore. laughs> <laughs> smells like the food's rotten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I want to just get my basic takeaway of this movie. It's like like all the other Twilight movies, except for the first and last one. It's basically just pure female fantasy fluff. It's basically harmless. Like, I think that was like one of the things I didn't really like about the cultural reaction to Twilight. Like, like it's bad. Yeah, sure. I already knew that. But I didn't like the whole thing. It was like, no, it's so... It was like one of those times where the internet's got to hit on something, right? So they really want to hit on Twilight. And uh, they were just like, yeah, it's bad for women. And it was just like, like, there's worth it. I don't know. Crack is bad for women. <laughs> like, this is this well, is just a movie. I, you know? it, uh, so on one hand, I completely agree with the sentiment you're expressing. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, this is like a movie where at least 45 minutes are spent uh, with two dudes arguing over how to best convince Bella to get an abortion. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that that is kind of like one of the central conflicts of this movie. Yeah. And I would argue that many parts of this movie specifically are A, pretty bad for women, and B, a glaring example of, oh right, I forgot the author was Mormon. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, that really is the key that just opens everything. Yeah. It does. It does. It's like, like, oh! <laughs> Got yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's just my takeaway. It's just I'm, I'm thinking back to like 2011 when this was coming out. And people were like, "Oh, this is like ruining women's minds." I was just like, God. they were ready. That's why they won't fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- that that is uh, one thing that was interesting to me watching these two because like 2011 for me is like right in the middle of that like absolute valley of depression in my life in which I was, like, doing and watching fucking nothing. Mm. So I have, like, literally zero memory of, like, this movie's release mm. and, like, what the reception to it was, because just it was just it's in a fucking black yeah. hole. I remember the first one. I remember the second one. And then after that, it's just kind of, like, gone. I think I was working so, at like, the So, like, watching this... That it would make sense that you were like kind of like yeah, probably. like you kind of you probably have some memory of like how big the crowds were yeah. for this and stuff and like I know that they were 
big, obviously, because it's franchise yeah, is enormous. Right. But like, like I, I, I was so watching this, um, especially this one more so than Breaking Dawn Part Two. Like, I'm always kind of looking for like, you know, why would this have been so culturally significant in 2011? And like, man, my real takeaway from that is like, you could not have made this movie in 2022. Like oh, this no. movie. I, th- there are so many things about it that just like this movie feels like 40 years old in a lot of ways and I think some of them are actually kind of good like okay for example not that this is like the most ringing endorsement of the Twilight series but like I do like the fact that uh they don't ever try to over explain anything to you like everything only matters when it matters and we don't have to go deep into the lore and the immersion and the world building because this movie is stupid and it doesn't need it and like like for example like hey chris how long is she pregnant for uh that's what like a, a day too like an afternoon yeah yeah exactly it and the answer is it doesn't matter and i'm glad they didn't tell yeah. us i'm glad they didn't tell us like oh you know oh it's only been 72 hours the vampire baby it's growing well, the, at I, a rate at this rate it'll be born in three I, weeks i oh. think it was like kind of it was either implied or maybe outright stated but like kind of some guy mumbling in the background it was like well, this has never actually happened before, so we could just make up the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they do that for nice Half-Life the Baby Brothers, like too. This. You know, they were just... Were you sitting there in the... Yeah. Oh, Sorry. Okay, I was going to say that, uh, like, I think their basic thing is... Uh, the thing I've always said about vampires is, like, people say, you know, vampires don't sparkle to the Witcher Joiners. Well, vampires don't exist, so you can just do whatever you want with them. And they actually do that in this movie. It's like, yeah, the, ba- the baby's just growing really, really fast. I'm like... Well, it's, it's fictional. Go ahead. You can do that. I don't fucking care. Yeah, yeah, like, this could be a time skip for all I could tell, and I don't yeah, care. Like, exactly. it doesn't matter. Yeah, just go ahead and do it. What am I going to do? Argue? Parker, you're going to say yeah, something? They, they, they have the benefit of sitting there going, like, should we explain it? And they go, no. Everyone in that audience has read this book seven times. Right, yeah. We don't have to tell them. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, exactly. They already know. They've already filled in that blanks before we cut to the next scene. Don't waste anyone's time. Yeah. Which is, uh... It's a nice rare position to get to be in. Yeah. It's it's admirable. I'll give him we'll that. It's a rare positions in a bit. Okay, but first we oh have to talk about uh, the wedding, which uh, for the most part I wasn't gonna like complain about it because like everyone has their own sort of like ideas for what they want their wedding to be like. Uh, you know, she's barefoot outside, which right off the bat you're gonna have to wash your feet. Here's the main takeaway that I want from the wedding: her mom sings a lullaby to her in front of everyone else. <laughs> And I was like, "That's a yeah, rough I'm beat." Like, fuck that! Because <laughs> you have the whiplash. I'm like, "Oh yeah, her mom is alive. She just doesn't live in Seattle. I forgot. I yeah. thought she was dead." Yeah. Meanwhile, Jacob shows up at like the last second to crash the party. Uh, I guess he got lost or something. And he's just afraid that uh, he's like, "No, you can't. You can't fuck Edward because you'll die. He'll he'll break you to pieces. Be with a gentleman like me." <laughs> And she's just like, just show me and be like, are you fucking stupid, you dumb bitch? <laughs> it turns out she doesn't uh, want to annul the uh, marriage with Edward, who, by the way, could go either way. He's <laughs> just like, oh, whatever. Uh, uh, my big issue was, uh, so they just leave the wedding, right? Yeah. yeah. They're just like, wow, what a great speech, and they just go to Brazil. Imagine you're just some fucking classmate stuck at her dad's house, like. They've been gone for like 30 minutes. Are they coming back? I would like to go. <laughs> what do you mean? They're yeah. in Brazil. By the way, shout out to Dad, who is the ultimate uh, female fantasy sort of dad, where he's concerned, but he's not actually going to like interfere. 
you know? It's like, I care about you. And that's it. That apparently just the most empty platitudes character of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and he, so but cool. a good mustache. I, I, I like the mustache. A real Rick Danko mustache. Uh, by the way, going to Brazil, maybe the saddest green screen I've ever seen. Like, I'm pretty sure they, they went to Brazil for some of these things. I could be wrong. I, I did see the, like, the Christ Redeemer statue there, so maybe they just did the drone shot on that. But, man, there's so many, like, green screens where it's just like, I know you're on a soundstage now. And that's really fucking pathetic, because it's so fucking obvious. Uh, anyway, they get kind of bored on their vacation and decide that they will just fuck each other. And he fucks her so hard the bed breaks. <laughs> the cut to the next morning chef's kiss which it's by an overused yeah. fucking phrase that I hate but yeah. she wakes up and it looks yes. like it looks like she was fighting for her life Yeah, it, it looks like Hurricane Katrina just swept through that fucking room and it's not played in a comedic beat there's like still music going on in the background I was like guys that that should have been in total silence where she looks around and goes oh well, that just happened, and you know, or some stupid shit. That I would have laughed there because I was like, "Look at that fucking shit." <laughs> anyway, uh, she is waking up with like eighteen concussions. <laughs> <laughs> she has no idea where she is. Her brain looks like Crispin Walls the morning after. <laughs> like the bed is like falling apart. There's broken plants. Dude, yeah, her brain looks like Crispin Walls, but her womb looks like Austin Collie's brain. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she wakes up, and I guess they just don't fix the bed, so sorry for housekeeping. And they get bored. They can't think of anything else to do on their vacation in Rio, so they decide to play chess on their honeymoon. <laughs> Alex, you're a married man. Did you play chess on your honeymoon? <laughs> Well, actually, now that you mention it, you know, I needed a couple days to sleep off all of the food that I ate before we got married, but, um, this, I, I love that, like, they're on, like, half the fucking theater audience's dream honeymoon right now, bored out of their minds, only capable of thinking of sex, and then the housekeeping lady shows up and calls him a chupacabra. Yeah. It's like, this is, what the fuck is this movie? What are we doing now? I just love this, like, finally, after four movies, they're going to consummate their marriage. And then it just abruptly cuts to, like, when Randy Marsh gets served and wakes up in the hospital. <laughs> she, she's just Dude. in bed, like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Well, the thing is, the reason she looks like that is uh, she got pregnant, and sometimes we get pregnant, you get sick. Like, our, our introduction to the idea that she's pregnant is, like, they do it kind of subtly. It was like, she's cooking, right? Now, we on this podcast love food. Alex lesser so because he can only digest about 10% of the food pyramid but you know we like food so she's cooking chicken and eating peanut butter at the same time I'm just like yeah that perfect combination that that's gonna be fucking disgusting but anyway then she's then she says something I didn't really understand uh even with subtitles she said my period is late and I don't know what a I don't know what, 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 what period a period of time of like what this is in modern day so, already I'm kind of lost. But then her belly starts growing. I understand that there's like a baby in there or something like that. Anyway, she is getting progressively more, I don't know, wan would be the word. She's very, very sick. She's turning kind of gray and stuff. And it's like, is she fucking dying? What the fuck is going on? Now, she turns into a close-up from Red and Stimpy. Yeah. 
It's disgusting. <laughs> she looks like <laughs> your hero. She looks like when SpongeBob got the suds and his eye is just rolling down his body. <laughs> <laughs> Like the whole time, it's like as time goes on, Edward's looking at her like, "Hey, you want to go another round?" And she's just looking up at him like, <laughs> like that, like dying girl in the Ghostbusters picture. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's ready for more back shots, and she looks like SpongeBob pretending he doesn't need water. <laughs> yeah. Sandy's <laughs> I need it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bella, do you need anything? Water would be nice. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Does he? Does he uh, tell? He does. He puts out a call on the Vampire Network to go to all his vampire friends down there. Um, and uh, fucking, I don't. Was it? Was it uh, Jake? I don't know. I wrote down this piece of dialogue because this harkens back to what uh, to what Alex was saying about uh, her friends trying to convince her to get an abortion. Uh, at one point, one of them says, This fetus isn't good for Bella, to which another one shouts, Say the word, baby. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, um, in a lot of ways, this movie is my anti-Joker, because it is one of the most political films I've ever seen in my fucking life. And it is the fourth movie in the Twilight series with something else entirely different to follow in the fifth movie yeah i I, it's like it's insane to me that that is literally the entire second act of this movie is everyone but her arguing over whether she should have an abortion or not like they completely strip the character of like any and all agency she's just like over writhing in pain while everyone else gives their take it's so weird I kind of feel like like you put yourself in like Stephanie Meyer's shoes. She seems like a slippers girl. Uh, like as she's writing it, you have the feeling it's like you're writing it like, oh wait a minute, that'd be a half human, half vampire thing. Oh, conflict, and you you, you would write feel it. In it sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know you would write that in there. I understand why you do that, but uh, I guess just seeing it translate from page to screen, you're just like, fuck, we're really doing this. All right, whatever. Uh. But there's other things going on. Jacob is, uh, he has to attend the werewolf council. Where the, where the werewolves are think-speaking at each other. And he has to overpower the head werewolf or something in combat. Because, no, I do love Bella. I, I don't fucking, whatever. I, I, just quickly on the werewolf telepathic council... When he's running off to the meeting and all I can hear in his head is the other rules going, Jake, 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 Jake. I was absolutely fucking dying. That, you know, for a show that just did two Spongebob references in the last five minutes, that was like the most fucking nematodes bit I've ever seen in my life. We just introduced, by the way, two new werewolf characters. One of them is, I've used this word before, this I don't like saying this word out loud. It's a werewolf cuck. It's a... That's just who it is. <laughs> I don't know. He's introduced like a younger boy. who's like, no, father, I'm ready to go to battle with you. To which uh, Jacob, I guess, doesn't respond. He just kind of ignores him. And like, I, I see this character. I feel like, oh, he's the one who's going to like get killed. And Jacob's going to feel guilty for him. And then, I don't know, the vampire werewolf or whatever. And there's another one where it's a lady vampire who's about his age. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> and uh, 
she says to him, uh, he's like, well, you know, being unwanted isn't exactly a new thing for me, Jacob. And he kind of, lo- he just looks at her, and then he looks away, he just doesn't say anything. <laughs> I'm like, the fuck is your problem, dude? <laughs> but being a dick. Uh, anyway, he, he is a dick. Well, Bella is pregnant. She is out to here. And uh, imagine, because it's an audio thing. And she... I, I do like this, because I think she goes on like the internet or something, and she looks up uh, the idea of half vampire, half humans, which I think are called uh, dampiers or something. D-H-A-M-P-I-Rs. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of different shots like come together. It reminds me of the first movie where she uh, looks up what a vampire is on the internet, and there's a whole bunch of things. So it would have been even funnier if she was looking up like microfiche in the school library. However, one of the, one of the <laughs> shots that was really sticking with me is a very famous painting, which I think we've all seen on here, called, I think it's called Saturn Eating His Son. And I looked at that, and I was like, I wonder how that's going to fit in with the abortion, you know? Because, <laughs> like, first of all, she's not going to eat her. She's not a pit bull. You know? <laughs> we don't know that, Chris. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she knows... She, They've been known to be very sneaky. Well, she decides, <laughs> I'm going to keep it because uh, of God. And uh, I've even thought of some baby names. If it's a boy, I'm going to name it EJ. It's like Edward and Jacob. And one of her female friends says to her in front of God and everyone, or Godless and everyone, EJ, that's not a bad name. (laughs) Yeah, your fucking mind? EJ? I want to beat this kid up already. (laughs) (laughs) And then she says, and if it's a girl, I'm going to name it Parker. Can you say it out loud, please? (laughs) Renesme. No, it's Vermithrax pejorative. Anyway. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's like the chill zone where we chill out. You know what's weird? It's like I was really thinking about, like, oh, I'll just, like, whatever she names the baby, because I already forgot because it's been used since I read the book. Uh,. Whatever she names a baby, I'll just like do a bit on the podcast where I'll just change the name constantly to like dumb shit like Katie Yeager or something like that. But no, we have to go over Renesme because it comes back with one of the best lines in the next movie. So, I uh, Renesme is one of the funniest <laughs> fake names I've ever heard. Yeah, that is really <laughs> like I, I know girls don't kick each other's asses on the playground for having stupid names, but like they'd make an exception. They should. Yeah, they, by the way, great idea. Anyway, so uh, she has a drink, and she drops her drink, right? And she's going to pick it up, and she immediately... I don't know how to describe it, but she just sort of kinks up. She just goes... She goes like... (laughs) Her back cracks like she's in malignant. Yeah, dude. dude. (laughs) She just... She does the Undertaker sit-up, and then fucking bust her spine in eight places. (laughs) Again, going back to SpongeBob, I just remember the scene where he he, he has like that... uh, I think it was the pie with like the explosives or something like that. It just, oops, mm. <laughs> and she just collapses into herself. And they're just like, oh, that's a sign that she's giving birth. And I was like, yeah, damn, no wonder people want abortion to be legal. <laughs> I don't want to go through that. And then uh, Jacob imprints on the baby. So <laughs> it makes me so happy that like imprinting, obviously. I mean, I don't know how early Stephanie Meyer knew that A, that was something she wanted to put in her books, and B, how relevant it would be to the conclusion of the series. But uh, the fact that these movies don't even mention imprinting at all until the third one, and it's like, oh yeah, it's this is this thing that we sort of do. 
keep that in mind for later. Oh, yeah. And then it's just not referenced at all until it becomes the most important thing in the movie. And and it, it stops the other werewolves from tearing the baby to shreds. Yeah. Like, dude, <laughs> fucking, I, I want to just talk about this, <laughs> this scene. So he looks at the baby, right? And it's, it's another one of these, like, rush of images sort of things. Like, this is what the baby is going to look like in the future. This could be your future with the baby. You will fall in love with this baby, which feels weird to say. But it's so, it goes so fast, like, all these images going fast. I can just imagine Jacob's face. <laughs> it's like he's on a, it's like he's on a fucking roller coaster going, just trying not to fuck that baby <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> it's like, Jacob, don't you want to say hi to Renez? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I just I just respect this baby so much. He respects uh, it more than she does. He's gonna give her a good time. Uh, anyway, Alex Parker. Did you not... find it tasteless when he looked at the baby and it started playing Dreamweaver in the background? <laughs> <laughs> when a man loves a baby. <laughs> It is incredible that they dropped that line once last movie. Like, oh, he probably imprinted on Bella. That's why he loves her so much. And then he just walks up, sees uh, the baby, and goes, Auga! I will <laughs> die for this infant. It gets even better when they explain this. But before we get to the next one, uh, Alex Parker did not know that this was here. I don't know if you know. The first movie, Breaking Dawn Part 1, has a mid credit scene. Uh, did you watch the mid credit yeah. scene? I absolutely did not because I watched the extended edition and after oh, yeah. over uh, two yeah, hours yeah, yeah. I was very ready to just turn this off. Oh my god. I wouldn't be surprised if uh your your extended Parker, did you watch the extended? I sure did. It was free on Prime, baby. So I, I don't know I'd if I did. See. I think I think maybe I did. I don't know, whatever. Uh the mid credit scene is the vampire council. And maybe that was like put into the movie itself. Because I don't remember seeing the, the vampire council in the movie. So maybe that's they're just... in like the first five minutes, and, it, and they're like, like in they're like it's... a little like castleish sort of area, something like that. Yeah, and they're just like they're just eating humans. There's a big pile of humans because oh. I guess now they're evil because oh. oh, before I they didn't just see... sort yeah. of didn't want to be seen, yeah. and now they're the Never bad mind. guys. Never mind. Yeah, the I... vampire council at the end is different. I don't think there's a pile of humans, but uh, a girl does come in and says, "There's something on the horizon," and one of the guys is talking in a perpetual yawn. He comes back, and... Uh, that guy owns. And the other guy is just Salazar from Resident Evil 4, so... Uh, Look, uh, right to left, fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, time to get on to the next one, the final uh, entry in the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2. Uh, looking over this opening... Apparently this is the first movie in the Twilight Saga to have an opening credits. Ordinarily, I wouldn't give a fuck, but there are three names that are mentioned. Uh, I'm going to read them to you very slowly, Parker. Rami Malek. <laughs> I had forgotten. Dakota Fanning. Good for her. Boo Boo Stewart. <laughs> it's a big week for names. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether big week her names. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she gives uh, birth. And, oh, yeah, in the last movie, she got turned to a vampire. It wasn't really that important. I didn't feel like mentioning it. Anyway, so now she's a vampire, and uh, she looks stupid. And uh, she's getting used to her vampire powers, which are, like, moving really fast. And it came out in 2012, just a year after the last one. But, again, just like I said for the last one, can you imagine watching this fucking thing in theaters? Just, it looks so bad. 
Like, every single time they start running around like a bunch of dopes, it just looks awful. And... I, it looks like when they're flying in Morbius. Yes. It fucking yeah. rules. <laughs> it it kind of, like, I hate to say this, but I actually think this is Phil Tippett's fault. Because uh, he pioneered, one of his things that he pioneered was something called, you know what slow motion is? He pioneered something called go motion. I was like, go motion? What's that? I looked it up. And it's just using, like, motion blur on, on like, uh, stop motion things. I'm like, oh, great. So that explains why she looks like she's running in green screen here against this. It just looks so embarrassing. And I'm like, as much fun as this would be in theaters to watch with people and laugh at everything and have people throw their drinks at you, I just, like, I would be kind of cringing to, like, look at these just bad VFX. Anyway, uh, she has to get used to her powers, to which Edward is just kind of like, <laughs> rookies. To which uh, he's created a demon. And uh, she tackles a bobcat and bites it. And it's... <laughs> and by the way... That... After she loses... <laughs> Good. After she loses her fucking mind because she smells a guy climbing a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just some guy, by the way. That's not even like a, a a guy in the movie, right? It's just like some fella. No, it's just some yeah. dude. <laughs> anyway, she hits that bobcat like Steve Atwater, all right? <laughs> the thing, that bobcat should not have come across the middle. Not in her zone. <laughs> I just love that she smells the guy climbing and it just... Full Tim and Eric yeah. run up the mountain. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. So uh, Jake, she comes back from a day of running fast and eating bobcats to uh, the cabin, and uh, Jacob is there, and he comes out, and it's like, "Oh, hey, our favorite character comes out," and he says, "Hey, Bella, take a whiff." And uh, I'm like, "Well, guys, don't don't say that to women. If I've learned anything about women, my ass." <laughs> <laughs> Turns out girls don't like that. And she says, wow, they were right, Jacob. You really do stink. And then Edward kisses her on the forehead in front of him. He kind of weakly smiles. <laughs> He's like, oh, you think you're real fucking funny. Oh, well, guess what, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> I am permanently linked to your little infant daughter. Well, before we get to that. Suck on that. Wait, wait, wait. First of all, we want to see this baby. And turns out what everyone was saying about this baby is true. What the fuck? Now, I know this has been brought up. Did you look up the puppet version of the baby? <laughs> what did I look up the puppet version? I've lived that. <laughs> the most haunting thing I've ever seen in my life. Now, it looks like shit in the movie. It really looks bad, but uh, I guess it could have been worse. <laughs> I, I went to the trivia, because the tri- I have to admit, the trivia for the, uh, for the Twilight movies is usually not very interesting. Uh, but apparently, one of the ones in there is, uh, 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 Bella was like, when she was acting, right, she, uh, when Kristen Stewart was, like, holding the baby, she said she had an easier time with real babies than with the puppet baby. I looked at the puppet baby, and I was like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't think I, I would not touch that fucking yeah, puppet. Yeah, my first thought would have been like, First <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, geez, what are you gonna do? We're gonna have to try again. So, uh, yeah, the the baby is technically alive, unfortunately. And then he says, "She's like, I don't think she's like, hey, do you want to hold the baby?" He's like, I, I don't know if that'd be a good idea. And uh, and the, one of the vampire girls is like, oh, tell her, Jacob, tell her what you did, you naughty little minx. And she's like, what, what the, f- <laughs> what the fuck did you do to my baby? And uh, he's just like. So it's a wolf thing, and she rightly 
takes it very, very poorly. Because I, I got to admit, right off the bat, like if you if you, you can't just lead in with it's a wolf thing, stay calm, don't overreact. I want to have sex with your baby. It's it's <laughs> it's just not working, right? I mean. He's a dog. I think he was. She was like more worried that he was gonna try to eat it. Well, he's not that kind of dog. He's a. I don't know. He was a libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they go outside, and she's like beating him up, which uh, I guess has become that kind of movie now. And uh, he's he calls the baby, which again, Parker, what's the name of the baby? Say it out loud. I already forgot the dragon's name. I'm so sorry. Renesme. <laughs> Renesme. 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 And he calls her Nessie. And she says, you nicknamed my baby after the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> my beautiful baby girl, Kingo, who I love. <laughs> On vibes. Taken. This is an important, an important scene in this movie, because it makes everyone understand that even in-universe, this name is stupid. Yeah. Like... Yeah, we don't have to pretend like we have characters telling her, "Oh, what a beautiful name it is." But you know, all the dames out there watching this one, like they yeah. know, they know that that was that was just them being, you know, catty and nice. Yeah, I kind of everybody's making fun of her. Baby I kind of, yeah, I kind of hope that that was like improvised by Kristen Stewart. It probably wasn't, but you know. Uh, anyway, they resolve this, which uh, that's like one of the weird things about movies sure. is like every once in a while you'll be watching a movie, right, or a TV show. And someone will say something that's unfucking forgivable. Like you have to hit them right there, and they'll just ignore. It and then they're like best friends in the next scene. That's kind of what this feels like to me. You can't just say, "Don't hey, be cool, dude. Want to fuck your baby?" Like I, I'm, I'm going to have to dispute that. I'm going to have to not be friends with you anymore. But she's like, "Eh, it's a wolf thing." He's right. So uh, I'm gonna fuck your kid. Eventually, you didn't let me finish. A hormonal woman over here. I'm going to fuck your kid. Mind when I show the Mad God in theaters right now. How do we feel about Renesme? And more importantly, the fact that you first see the CGI baby and it's a nightmare, right? And you're like, okay, yes. well, the kid will grow up fast, and then yeah. it grows up. And then they keep CGIing its face. Yeah, that's you know. Okay, so that's <laughs> the scariest a, thing I've ever seen. So one of the interesting things in the trivia was that they had, I think, ten different very young actresses play Renesme from little <laughs> baby to uh, whatever she grows into as the movie goes on. And I'm just like, well, that makes sense. But they Photoshop like all the faces too to like make it look shittier. But it's not just Renesme that they do this to. Other faces in here are clearly photoshopped, including there's this one guy who I don't know if this vampire has a name. I think he shows up in this movie just out of nowhere. I called him the Chad Vampire because he's like really Chad. He's actually built like the Chad meme. He's just walking around like this the whole time. And his face is fucking photoshopped. They use go motion on this dude's motherfucking face. All right. There's something... Off, and I'm like, why does he look like this? This is the one. This is the one that uh, that Bella beats in an arm wrestling. That's what vampires do. They arm wrestle. That guy's been in all of them. Has he really? <laughs> yeah, he looks different in this. I think they did something to his face. Like something looks off. I didn't recognize him for some. For some reason, they decided to lean in plot wise to him being the strong vampire. And uh, I assume that's all a product of yeah, that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I, Or maybe I just see Because he's just like, 
he's just like one of the dudes in the vampire family for like three movies, and then I think he was oh, like now, in the background. Now he's the big beef. Also, guy. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, he was. He was. He was involved. Yeah. Was he? Really? Yeah, he was yeah. there. All right. Oh, yeah. Not my problem. So, uh, he uh, Edward, the other male vampire, takes her to their new. I, I guess they got like a cottage or something where they're going to live and eat bobcats, and he. I mean, there's just a scene that I don't know why it's sticking with me. This is, it reminds me of the lava scene from the one movie we're watching. He's shown her around the uh, the house, and he shows her a closet, and he says, "Closet." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a scene where they're like, "Oh, we invited your dad back." They're like, "All right, we're gonna teach you how to be normal." It's like, even a she's vampire been a vampire for, for like a day a, and a half. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. This is how you sit down. <laughs> Remember to pretend to breathe. Like what? No. It's fuck? like it, they so say, like, maybe, "Don't sit up so straight." Humans don't do that. I was just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> maybe she got. While we're at this point. <laughs> While we're at this point in the movie, can we spend like 15 seconds talking about the scene where Jacob tells Bella's dad that she's a vampire oh. by stripping in the middle of the yeah, woods? He says, this is going to sound really weird. He starts unbuttoning his pants. <laughs> and the dad is just like, ah, kids these days. <laughs> Not again. And I'm going to admit the dad's, the dad's reaction to him turning into a werewolf kind of reminds me of Jacob's reaction to seeing Renesmee for the first time. I wonder if the dad imprinted on that dog. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like laying down like this. Like, and the dad's just like, <laughs> he's going to fuck that dog. So. Red Rocket. Yeah. Well, uh. We also have the, uh, we can talk about the Vampire Council now, I guess. Uh, or, I don't know, maybe maybe it's the Vampire Council like, we should bring up, because like, they, they go back in time, right? They show like a, a back in time thing. I don't know what the exact period they were trying to say uh, was drinking at the time. But I think... Oh, this fantastic flashback yeah, this the, Dakota Yeah, it's Dakota Fanning. Kobe and throws a baby into the fire. <laughs> yeah, she she fucking... <laughs> but that's not even, like, my favorite part. The, the, my favorite part is when they pop off this fucking... The, the head like a Pez dispenser. Like they, I love the like, head ripping in this movie so much, dude. <laughs> it looks awful every single yeah. time, and as we'll get to, you see it. A yeah, lot. there's there's no blood. There's like no. It should be like a Mortal Kombat like spine coming out of the thing, but instead this is PG thirteen, so you're just like, and it just happens a lot, which like he said, we shall get to. But uh, it's time for uh, honeymoon. Part two, I guess, or I don't know what the, I don't remember what they do. They go to I think Vampire Italy, and hey, uh, this is the best honeymoon ever. You fucked me once, and your whole family showed up to tell me to have an abortion. No, no, oh this wait, we missed out. Ever. Oh fuck, oh fuck my gay ass. All right, so what happens is they actually have vampire sex. We didn't talk about that. I yeah, should have been longer. Yeah, they uh, they have vampire sex. It looks, the movie. it looks like shit. It's like super like fast forwarded and stuff. Which I guess is what vampire sex is now. So now he has an excuse to finish quickly. That's my best one, guys. That's the only thing I can do here. So anyway, yeah. I hope I get he to fucks her twice. So anyway, they go to Vampire Italy to meet Rami Malek. Oh my god! God is. Is this? Are, are we? Are we at the point where we start gathering up all the ethnic stereotype vampires? Uh, let me let because me check this. Yes, this is a crew. This is. Yeah. Okay. I. This is a crew that I am happy to see put together in any and all movies. Yeah, dude. Okay. Amazing. So that the middle act of this movie is assembling the Nick Mullen Avengers for yeah. a fight that never happens. <laughs> dude, this, it's so fucking good because like 
they're like, oh, we have to defeat the vampire council because there's this one guy who talks really shitty. And uh, he wants to, I don't know, kill Bella because she's really strong and or he wants the baby because the baby's going to be really strong. I, I don't know, I wasn't really listening. So they're like, we have to assemble a team, send the word out. And the first thing that shows up are these people, what's the, what's the polite way to say this? Straight out of the bush. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Parker, you really nailed it. This really is like the Nick Mullen super team. <laughs> it looks like Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> click, click, derp. And it is explained in the movie as these are the Amazonians. And I'm like, what the fuck? Come on. And I'm like, I'm you like trying to write a Skull Island. Go fuck yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this? They, they both look like Dalsam. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, they you don't like... know any vampires in New Mexico? <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, they, they look like fucking Johnny Depp in the Lone Ranger movie. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Queequeg. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, they have to assemble them and a whole bunch of other idiots to fight Salazar. Uh, but we there are there are some unbelievable tidbits during the listing of this. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Remy Malik hidden from the Vampiric Council because he has powers over the elements, which means it's just Captain he can make the water dance around, I guess. Yeah, basically. Uh, but we get... Uh, one guy who fought with Jasper in the war, one of his old war buddies, who, uh, if, if you remember who, which one Jasper is, that is the Confederate vampire. Oh, I thought that was uh, Tom Anderson from People's Empire. <laughs> and then we also get another vampire who fought in the Revolutionary War and just really hates the British, and that's his whole character. Oh, right, I remember and that. that guy yeah, is my spirit animal. I fucking fan. love that. Dude, they're all sitting around a campfire with, like, uh, two fireflies in a mason jar. It's, it fucking sounds like they're recounting stories from, like, Ken Burns' Civil War. Dude, they're just like going through the stories about all the different wars they've been in and the fucking the vampire from Northern Ireland is talking about their rebellion and being like yeah we lost but the rebellion went on for a long time and uh <laughs> we Irish know how to fight they're like no you don't <laughs> well speaking of fight uh, they all meet in a big field <laughs> no my, we have to talk uh, about our favorite vampires, the two fucking Hans and Franz. Yeah, Hans and Franz. <laughs> Romulus and Beavis over here, these fucking oafs. Oh, God. They're just dressed. The Siegfried and Roy vampires, yeah. This is, they, they are my These favorite. guys... These... <clears throat> Go. No, I'm sorry. I apologize for taking Hans and Franz from me, but I didn't want to skip. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. I wasn't gonna let you get past that one. Don't worry. <laughs> First of all, the characters they remind me the most of are the two fucking dudes from Dude, Where's My Car that are trying to get the uh, <laughs> no, whatever yeah, fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, these are the most more people will come if you have punch and pie characters that I've ever seen. Because they're only here because they have beef with the Volturi and just repeatedly try to tell people that the only answer is for everybody to murder the Volturi with them. Which is funny, especially after having watched Battle at Lake Changjin 2, which also has this character, who is of course Douglas, Douglas MacArthur trying to use the A-bomb on China. Like... <laughs> <laughs> It's literally the exact same energy as the extremely little man 
playing Douglas MacArthur in that movie and screaming a lot. It uh, these guys shout out to the Wii Man. Great creative choice to, <laughs> to be like, oh, I'm gonna go recruit some of my old vampire friends, and these two guys just show up looking like aliens from a '60s Godzilla movie. It's so cool. <laughs> I think that one wins the biscuit. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We we all have favorite vampires in this. Uh, so, so many options. Where was this the last four movies? Yeah. We needed this. This is... I feel the same way about this scene as I do about the scene at the end of uh, um, King of the Monsters, where they're just showing all of the other monsters like coming back to shore in different places and being like, man, I wish I could watch that movie instead. Yeah, I bet. All of them walk up and bow I, I, to her monster <laughs> child. Yeah. I would have watched like six... like. Six fucking like twenty-two episode seasons of this as a show. That's just Monster of the Week, where they meet a different vampire and he has wacky ethnic stereotypes. Literally, you're getting me for a hundred hours right off. The you are not making me like, watch it, True Blood and, again. And, and Kesha, <laughs> and Kesha sings a song to each of them. Okay, so uh, they all meet. They should have had a Cajun vampire. I'm sorry. Right? Yeah. All right. So they all meet in a big field, and right off the bat, this looks like <laughs> it looks like it's gonna be like you know how they play like Quidditch on college campuses. It, like, it looks like it's going to be like a Quidditch brawl, you know? <laughs> like someone was going too fast on their broom or something like that, and the bench is clear. Or the... I don't know. Oh, you mean like that scene in The Northman? Yeah, it was going to be like that. <laughs> takes Basically, yeah, it's going to be like that. <laughs> I, I, so, uh, I, I, just assume that, I just assume that nobody here or listening actually has ever read Akewood, but it says great outdoor fight in huge, bold letters in my notes right here. <laughs> it's all I could fucking think about. So, uh, who, I've, I keep forgetting her name, but like, I don't know, respectfully, the only hot vampire... She's the one with like future sight or something, and she's gonna say, "Well, if you if you try to kill us, it'll lead to a big battle, and I think it will go a little something <laughs> like this." And then they have a big fight. Now, I want to talk about this fight real quick because, like, it's a fantasy battle. You know, they're gonna be fighting each other in the Volturi, I guess. They're they're dressed like really get, uh, stupid looking, and like there's like the werewolves show up and they're dressed like werewolves I guess I want to talk about Edward is wearing jeans for this and uh it just kind of took me out of it the fact that he's wearing jeans during this entire fight a uh, lot of dismembering in this scene you know there I just remember if I want to talk about like the, what the cultural scene was at this moment I remember a lot of people were complaining about the Harry Potter movies like the Harry Potter movies were like too scary or something like that like oh they're scary moments I'm not saying that this battle is scary or anything, but, like, this pushes the PG-13, like, just a little bit. Like, there's a lot of decapitations. But the decapitations the are my scene. favorite part because they're they're also not bloody. And, again, there's no spine or anything. It's just like, wow, you're just popping people's heads now. I mean, I guess it makes sense if they wouldn't be bloody considering they're vampires and they don't have blood, I which I didn't really think about until you said it that way. But uh. also, like, the scene fucking starts with the vampire from Fastlane getting his head ripped off in, like, three seconds, yeah. and then everybody <laughs> losing their fucking yeah. minds. Like, it's, it's so abruptly degenerates into this vampire brawl where everyone's only way to kill anyone else is to rip somebody else's head off. Like, they don't have any other moves. It's just yeah. that. It fucking rules. And it just looks like taking the head off an action figure. There's <laughs> no weight or stakes behind it whatsoever. It sucks every time. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah, but there's always, like, a, a bunch of people are going back and forth, like, uh, I don't know. 
with the biting off arms and limbs and stuff like that. Does Renesmee take take a part in this fight, or is she like locked away somewhere? Oh no, no, she's riding away on Jacob, dude. Uh, oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> old Pazuzu face rides off into the woods. That fucking ghoul of a kid. She yeah, is. but oh, I also I want to talk about the vampire council, right? Like these fucking people. Uh, that one guy. He he really does talk like the entire time. It reminds me of fucking Jared Leto in the what was the the butterfly movie or something or the Jupiter Ascending. He said he talks like Jared Leto in that fucking movie. <laughs> I forgot Jared Leto was in. No, that. I don't know why that sticks with me. I haven't seen. I have seen this. <laughs> I'll check my loader box. Uh, but he's not the only the guy who's like the lead guy. So fucking um, uh, uh, Bella brings up Redesme to him or something like that. He's like, "Is this a child?" I'm just like, "Oh fuck, he's gonna imprint on her." <laughs> this one Par- sexy Parker. baby. <laughs> Parker, this is for you and only you. He talks like Bill Hader doing the Emperor Palpatine impression in Superbad. <laughs> <laughs> Young Skywalker, you must die. You know what? Yeah, now I think about it, that actually is that's actually pretty much what he sounds like. And also, like for this entire battle, you're just like, oh, what does he do? Is he like really powerful? For most of the fucking battle, he's not actually doing anything. For most of the battle, he's just like, kind of like looking at them. For the for the like the beginning, I think he's kind of looking at them like, hmm, they think they can fight me. And I'm just like, you're kind of small, actually. I, I think I could take all, you. All, li- literally all the pans remind me of the pans to fucking Xerxes in 300 while the yeah, fight's yeah, going yeah. on. It's like that. It's just like standing there, like, shaking. Yeah, and then he like, gets, like, like, mad yeah, because, like, people are, like, winning and stuff. And it was just like, well, I could have seen that one coming, you know? I did, it's like, so he's, he, yeah, he does actually, like, start, like, it, it, it reminds me of fucking, like, Ash in the uh, Army of Darkness go, ooh! Oh, <laughs> just like, all right, dude. Maybe you should take part. Maybe you should, uh, maybe you should try to like uh, win for your side or something like that. But it takes him forever. Like half his army's decimated, right? There, he's like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm stepping. I can do this. And uh, then he decides that he alone will fight Bella, and he punches her in the face really hard. To which I would have said, you should have defended against that. But I guess they didn't teach her that in vampire training. Um. Anyway, it's a tough... I don't know what, Edward dies in this or something like that? Probably wasn't important. wasn't paying attention. Uh, but, as it turns out, uh, that that girl who uh, can see into the future, yeah, when she has clairvoyance or something like that, turns out it was all in her mind, and she was communicating it to him telepathically. It was like, don't do... Don't attack us, or else this will happen. And he says, oh, word. And he just leaves. And then the movie ends. Just want to, uh... Just want to clarify for the record that uh <laughs> Oh sorry, Rita. It's the longest song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, <they've laughs> uh Alex, you were saying something. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh uh before we get into that, I wanted to clarify what happens to Edward during the dream sequence, because it is a very important note. In which Remy Malik opens a giant hole in the ground, and Edward almost falls into it, but he doesn't. And then some other guy falls in and does a Wilhelm scream in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is. 
<laughs> it caught me so off guard. I'm like, really? This that one? wasn't the only stock sound effect I heard. Here? I heard a, the, 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 my favorite stock sound effect was the bobcat getting killed. Because it, it's, it's the... Yeah. It's, you remember that sound, right? It's like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know exactly yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, the movie ends. Parker, this is our beautiful picture of forever. <laughs> God, we, I hope the last Fast and Furious has these credits. We have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know no, how to I stop it. I did it last night, dude. I can't do it again. <laughs> this is actually... I, I kind of want to talk about the end credits, right? So, uh, so when the end credits start... Uh, what the first thing show, <laughs> the first thing that they show is um, the the two Amazonian warriors, and I was like, why why are they built before everyone else? And I, I thought that they died during production or something. <laughs> I thought that they were like I don't know killed by their tribe that they were stolen from, like like Werner Herzog doing uh, Fitzcarraldo or something. And uh, no, that turns out. Uh, they, I don't know, maybe their names came first because there's, like, an apostrophe before the A or something. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, they're, they're uh, first built, and then it's the Asian vampire named Toshiro. He's in this. And apparently, also, it's not, it's the end credits for the entire series. Like, it's, like, characters that weren't in here since, like, the first movie, they get time in this end credits thing, so incredible flex. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it really, it's so good. It's like cause that is, I mean, it's such a like a powerful move. It's like we know you're gonna stay, and you will clap for that one character that you forgot about, the first lady who got replaced by Bryce Dallas Howard. Round of applause. <laughs> yeah, just well. so insane that the first third of this movie is. Hey, we should abort her baby, right? Hey, Bella, you think we should abort it? <laughs> yeah, we should definitely kill it. The second third is training for a fight and recruiting people and getting them on the same page. And then the, th- the last third is a fight that someone dreams. And then they're like, damn, I don't want that to happen. Let's go our separate ways. And then 20 minutes of credits. So that's like one of the interesting... Five stars. It's one of the rare interesting tidbits from the uh, Twilight trivia thing on IMDb the original ending was actually going to be that fight. It was actually going to happen. And uh, Stephanie Byer insisted, no, no, no. I want the shitty end. Please. And uh, and the makers of the movie were just like, yes, ma'am. Because it's, you know, it's her show. So, this is what we got. And uh, I don't know, I thought that was kind of funny. I would give anything to go back in time and be in that theater. Yeah. As that fight starts popping off. Just, and just hearing the bewildered screams of confusion. Yeah, I, I like the fan idea of the characters fight. have their heads ripped off. <laughs> I like the idea of fucking. It was, oh, it turns out it was all a dream. You hear the Rich Evans laugh from me. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. It's like, but it doesn't have to be this way. <laughs> no, it's, it's like Clue, but it could have happened like this. <laughs> Let's do the mega happy ending. <laughs> Let's do the Scooby Doo. <laughs> David. Ah, uh, one step ahead. Alright, well, so much for Twilight. Uh, what is next on our plates? Well, there's 350 Shades of Grey movies. No, alright, well, come on, we're not doing that. Oh, no! 
And that's the tea, sis.